no chance. What's up, everybody? Episode 88 of the No Chance Radio Show. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. And we got a lot of great shit to talk about this week, man. A lot of really good shit. But first and foremost, when I say welcome to the podcast, welcome to the fucking show. We sound really good, man. Yeah, I was, just, really, I was just about to pause you there really for a second. Really good, like, man. Wow, I hope you guys that are listening to this episode today can appreciate the high quality sound of No Chance Radio. If you've been listening since the very beginning, you can see the transition of the multitude of sounds that we've had uh, in terms of the, the overall podcast. We went from recording in random rooms to recording in an actual studio to now we're still in kind of a random room, a.k.a. my apartment. But we got some new fucking gears. Why well, sounds Curtis, fucking good. Courtesy of our corporate sponsor who cannot <laughs> be. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but welcome to the podcast, guys, where we talk about streetwear and all sorts of unrelated shit. Uh, my name is Ryan, and as always, you have Nate here, and we're going to talk some streetwear shit to you guys today, but, you know, one of the things that I wanted to cover first was actually a very, and I wouldn't say it was a traumatic experience, I'd say it was a, it's a life-altering, mind-melting, eye-opening experience, something that I feel like I always hear people talk about, but never had experienced myself. I encountered a fucking ghost, a ghost in in real life, and I'm gonna break it down. Are you sure? Okay, yeah, I haven't heard the story. I'm gonna break it down to you in how this sort of played out. So today is Wednesday, you know, our time, whatever our our date of when we record. The night before, which was a Tuesday, right after I got off of work, I went to this place called uh, Tequila Mockingbird. Right now. It's kind of like a play on words, but it's the place where they serve tequila. And I got super fucking drunk, super drunk. And so I got home and then I just fell asleep. It was maybe like 6 30, 7 o'clock, and I just passed out. So by the time I woke up, it was maybe like 10. And I was like, fuck, like I just fell asleep for like four fucking hours. I'm just gonna go to sleep now. I don't got nothing else to do. I'm already like kind of hungover, drunk, whatever. So I go to sleep. And you know when you're like, you, right when, after you're done taking a nap, you're kind of like, damn, I'm not even tired anymore. It kind of just fucked up the whole schedule of my like sleeping routine. Yeah. And then I'm just like wide awake and I'm just wide awake for a couple of hours. And next thing you know, I fall asleep. And then something inside of me, and it was the, the weirdest situation. Typically, I don't sleep on my back. I'm like, a, I'm a side sleeper. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a hardcore side sleeper. <laughs> But Ride or die, some, <laughs> hardcore, it's not, I'll die by this <laughs> shit. But for some reason, I was sleeping on my back, and my eyes just open, like wide open, open. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm not even like I'm not up. Like I don't feel like I'm awake. But for some reason, my whole body felt like there was like a huge sheet of glass just pushing on top of me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't move. I wanted to lift my hand up to like, to like just do something but I couldn't I, I was trying to like say shit and I couldn't and then I felt like like the ultimate fight or flight feeling where it's like your whole body becomes numb and whoever it is that's like put, putting this pressure on you wants to see what's about to happen and I'm like holy shit I, I, I feel like I'm like trapped 
And then I see this fucking dark figure literally come through my curtains and... Have you ever watched Samurai Jack? Yeah, of course. Okay, do you know the monster in Samurai Jack? The Aku? big black one with like the yeah, like Aku. the hands? Yeah. I saw that come through the curtains and like it was just the the pr- spiky prickly hands. And I was like, "Holy shit, this is really happening right now. This is scary as fuck." It took maybe like 15 to 20 seconds before I could like like wake up like and my body could move. And then I was like, holy shit, what the hell was that? It was the most, what is it? I wasn't even frightened. It was like, a, that's what that feels like. <laughs> like, literally, I was like, that's what that feels like. And god damn, man. Like, I, I know my place is haunted. I know that for a fact. But I think, it, and I looked it up. It's called sleep paralysis. It's one of those things where you're kind of like sleep deprived and maybe, um, I mean, drugs can also play (laughs) into it as well, but that's, that's simply what happened. And it is a a really, really interesting experience. You just said your apartment is haunted for sure. I said it's not haunted and I know that for sure. Oh, I think it was just a combination of lack of sleep and and lots of tequila, lots of tequila. Yeah. But it was a very, very eye-opening experience that I'd say, like, if you guys would want to go through that, I'd say... You make it, it sound like you just did acid for the first time. I, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I asked a couple of people about sleep paralysis, and they said they've gone through it too, but I don't think that they correlated that with seeing some sort of ghost. Yeah, uh, it's pretty common, especially if you sleep on your back or your stomach, yeah. I think. Um, so Because you think, you think it is something. Like, you could, you, there's people that can confuse sleep paralysis with, with like... Oh, a ghost is like making its appearance and your body is like going into shock. But fuck, it was like a, it was unreal. It was so fucking unreal. I don't know why, but when you just said that, I just thought of John Mayer. Uh, your body is a wonderland. Oh my, are you fucking <laughs> serious? I don't know That's why. exactly what you pulled bad. away from my story. Yeah, sorry. Oh man, well, shout out to John Mayer, yeah. man. But let's get into some streetwear <laughs> shit. Sorry if my uh, I thought you were gonna try to like loop that back to make it streetwear related. Not somehow. at all, man. I just okay. want I really wanted to tell you about this this life altering experience that I had. But let's get into some streetwear <laughs> shit because that's exactly why you guys are here. You, typically, I mean, for for the most part, you know, every episode in the very beginning, you know, that that first five five ten minutes are always really dry. But I think I gave you guys a good one for the beginning of this episode. So yeah, if you get real, through this uh, story, hey. Shout out to that you guys. That was a real Stephen King novel. Just, uh, <laughs> Hopefully no sequels <laughs> yeah. to this novel. Um, but let's get into some shoot the shit topics, which is going to be the focus of today's episode. We have a lot of really, really, really random shit. But the first one I want to cover is this Jumpman, a.k.a. Jordan Brand collaboration with Fortnite. We've seen a lot of interest from the streetwear and high fashion community. Within the world of e-gaming, this is one of the more obvious plays into making it a real thing we've seen sponsorships by actual you know professional e-gamers uh we've seen collaborations of sorts but to see them actually become an actual part of a a world this world of of fortnite i don't particularly play fortnite i could care less about the damn game i have gotten one win before in my life i've gotten one win so i can say that but it is not something i fully invest myself in but to see e-gaming sort of venture itself into this world of, what do you call it when you um, when you buy fake shit in video games? Like, uh, I don't know, in, uh, in other 
on other platforms, they're called like in-app purchases. There you basically. go. Essentially, yeah. that's what this is. And in Jordan Brand's collaboration with Fortnite, essentially what you're doing is you are purchasing uh, in-game purchases of, you know, the newest, I think it's the newest Air Jordan 1s that are coming out. Which ones? It's the the, the ones with the scratch away SBs. Oh, the SB ones. Okay, So that sick. one. And then they also have like the Chicago ones in there too. Tight. So it's like kind of like a side-by-side marketing ploy to put on for the shoes that are coming out this Saturday. But other than that, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever played NBA live before, <laughs> which is like, that's like a super throwback. That was before 2K. Oh, your reference game today is pretty good. Yeah. NBA live. Nobody, don't tell me you've never. Uh, that was before 2K. That was over. definitely before 2K. Still made by EA, but. That's another story. Anyways, uh, but you had like, you could customize your character. You could customize what shoes yeah. you had. You had like everything in that game, uh, which is really cool. And I think that, you know, like jo- like Jordan doing this with Fortnite, it's a little bit off since like Fortnite has literally nothing to do with anything Jordan related. Yeah. But um, I think it's pretty cool. I think, you know, Jordan Brand does a good job of inserting themselves into any sort of pop culture mm-hmm. icon they can so and you see like the whole correlation with like uh i think the number one or quote-unquote number one fortnite player's name is like ninja or some shit yeah and he's like really close to like drake in, in that world so there is some sort of like collaborate collaborative effort that i could see actually being a thing and why jordan would, would express interest into this world and it's also where there's a lot of eyes and attention you yeah. know like anywhere that uh, people are putting most of their time, most of their money and effort into. If I was any big name brand and it made sense, then I'm I'm gonna input myself. However, you know it, it it could be. Yeah, and if you think about it, like everybody who does like this in game purchase, they're almost like a like a micro influencer yeah. in that world of Fortnite. You yeah. Know? Um, I I don't know. Like when I play video games, like you know, like back when I played Call of Duty on Xbox and PlayStation, I'd be like, fuck, that's, like, sick. I want that shit. Like, yeah, right? So you got to do all these, uh, what the fuck were they called? You had to They're do, like... Missions. No, They're to fucking... get, like, unlock the shit. What was it? Uh, fuck, I forget. It was, like, accolades or some shit. Yeah. And you, like, got to... Yeah, that shit was sick. Um, so I think in that regard, it... I don't know. It makes sense. Bro, but... I never felt like I needed more than was already given to me in a video game. Really? Like, what more did I need... To further enjoy my experience in a video game. Like, it, it never made sense to me. Expansion packs and, like, add-ons and b- bonus mit- DLC deluxe content. Like, that shit never made sense to me unless all my friends had it and they could vouch for it. Then I wasn't... I was never going to spend money on an imaginable item. Damn, you, know you must I mean? have felt mad left out when everybody got Oftentimes, the expansion pack. Oftentimes, <laughs> when, the, like, when the sequel of a game came yeah. out, I did feel left out. But still, I mean, you got to think, like... Jordan is now selling you a physical shoe in combination with a virtual shoe. Only one of them you could actually wear. And for most of us that are actually trying to get Jordan releases nowadays, you probably won't even get the physical pair. Yeah. So maybe subsiding with a virtual Yo, pair. Imagine is taking how you an get L on a virtual drop. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to go on Fortnite and like there's a sneakers drop. And you take another, you take an L on Dude, there. Matt, virtual shit. You could make an infinite amount of those things. <laughs> I'd be like hot. What's, the, what's the stock count? Like fucking a, a billion, yeah. and you still miss out. I would be hot. Oh, you're a loser. You better <laughs> bu- bust open some new fucking internet connection or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that the world of e- esports and e gaming is definitely an interesting one. 
as brands sort of make their entryway in there. It's going to be slow because uh, obviously it's going to take some of the larger name brands to sort of break open that 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 barrier of being like, hey, guys, like this is cool. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Like, I get it. They're nerds. But this is a cool area and you guys should be exploring that. Have you ever uh, have you ever played that one G unit game? Uh, True Crime Streets of New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, they need to make a sequel to that. <laughs> no, it's the um, fucking the best game ever made. In combination with that was uh, Def Jam Fight Night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my so God. Good. When you could fight with your favorite rappers. Yeah. Yo, can we get like a streetwear-based game? Like, Ooh. Oh, okay. Who would be the best like person in the streetwear industry to use as a character in a fighting oh, game? Oh, shit. This is a good one. Who uh, would it be? Fuck. Now I just drew a blank. Uh, Damn. I wouldn't know either, actually. Damn, imagine James Jebby as a character. <laughs> He's like Mr. Game and Watch yeah. <laughs> in fucking Smash Brothers. Uh, who would I be? Fuck. Actually, I feel like I feel like someone like Jeff Staple would be really cool to use in a video game. For some reason, he'd be like the like you know how in Tekken there's like that that old old dude that you don't think that can do moves, oh, but he's like yeah, the most nimble wrong. person. <laughs> I feel like he'd have like the coolest superpowers. So that'd be kind of tight. Jeff Staple would be my pick for sure. Really? And to be honest, okay. no other names are coming to mind. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> That's why. And he's the he's Same. the ball he's the bald one. So I Same. feel like he'd be kind of lit. You yeah. know what I mean? The ball guy in fighting games are always the best. It's like his strength isn't super high, but his like his like stamina is like up there. His health bar is <laughs> <Yeah>. the biggest. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> we still love you. Oh man, we gotta we gotta uh, copyright that game yeah. idea. Let's take that out of the podcast. All right, on to the next one, and this is a good follow up from a conversation that we had in the focus on Virgil Abloh and sort of discussing representation in streetwear and high fashion. You know, uh, we talked about more so why representation is important for people like us. Why seeing somebody in a position that we eventually want to be in, or maybe even never thought of actually being in it, how that is important to the pursuance of us as creatives. And so, and it actually, the article came literally the day after we released the episode, but Rihanna actually becomes the first woman of color to have her own individual line with LVMH, which to those that don't know, LVMH is the one of the largest fashion houses in the world. They do Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. <laughs> I was I was almost botched that one, um, but yeah. So she started Fenty. How do you pronounce it? Maison. 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 You're yeah. the one that pronounces all of the like um, foreign yeah. terms. And in, in no, you got it. You're pretty spot on. I looked it up. I typed it into Google <laughs> Translate so I could like properly. Use Rosetta pronounce Stone it. for like 30 yeah. minutes before this. But yeah, so she releases. She's the first woman of color to have her own individual line with LVMH and, you know, sweet, somewhat touched on the idea of representation, but what does this even do more so for that term within the world of fashion and, and, and streetwear now? I think it's crazy because, you know, like she's working alongside the brands that you mentioned earlier, Louis Vuitton. Huge brands. Yeah. Huge brands, like iconic designer brands, if not like the most quintessential designer brands. And for her to, come in and start her own sort of her her own house under that umbrella it's it's crazy that's i don't even know anybody 
that has been able to do such a feat like that. I think to me, this is almost more ground groundbreaking than Virgil becoming. Oh uh, yeah, you know, I would agree. Taking the helm at uh, Louis Vuitton, like I, would I think agree. this, I think this does way more. This has such more impact than that. I say so. it's downplayed because obviously, well, for for most people, they'd be like, oh, like she's a woman for yeah. one, which is a sucky way to downplay something, but also because. We haven't seen anything be released yet. You know what I mean? Louis Vuitton is obviously a fashion house that's been established for more years than we've been alive. And they've released so many iconic pieces. But it's almost within the phase right now, this Fenty Maison to be like, what can we expect? You know, like, of course, like they are entrusting her because she is Rihanna. She is one of the biggest names in the world. But, you know. We've seen successes with her and doing her Fenty line within Puma, and she released, you know, five different branch offs since. But from this alone, is this enough to give her her own line as LVMH? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure. I don't think I can speak on this too much just because I'm not really sure. If, you know, I haven't looked over her resume and like I'm not sure what other works she's done, but um. I know her like fancy line with Puma and her fancy, uh, is it like, doesn't she have like an apparel line or like a yeah. lingerie line or yeah. something like, like a, another side? Yeah. yeah. Like one of those, I know those are super, um, those have been super successful. So, I mean, I guess in that regard, it makes sense, um, to give her a, you know, a full fledged fashion house, yeah. um, that she's sort of starting from scratch. So like, I think that's really cool, but. I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to say for me just because I'm not too familiar with, with like Rihanna and what yeah, she does. It's not, it's not for me to say that I'm discounting it by asking yeah. why her, but there are questions to, you know, this is, this is LVMH, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and not even off white, like not even Virgil's off white could fall un, as an umbrella brand under LVMH. It took, you know, someone with a much larger name and, and I think the fame aspect has a lot to do with it and just, within the times that we're, we're in now, it's it's a, you know, it's LVMH sort of shedding its skin on the past and moving into the future of this is us. We take on so many different facades. Like, this is what we can do now and provide for the next wave of, of creatives and influential people. And having Rihanna is like, it's pretty fucking tight. So do you think, like, having Rihanna as opposed to somebody else is, like, works? Is Do you think there's somebody out there that would be better at starting a brand new fashion house? I mean, I think, I think in any sense of, of this position, you would always, you would essentially choose someone who has a tenure in either being a model, you know, for some of the largest brand names in the world, someone who's been around clothes since however long, you know, like somebody like, um, like a Naomi Campbell would be kind of fire, to have her own sort of line or even like, um, I don't know why this name makes sense, but like a Victoria Beckham. I don't know why that makes sense, but it, it kind of falls in line with like who you would see sort of lead the charge in, in, in the next women's line at this, you know, reputable fashion house. So it is, it, it, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I'd say we'll see how it goes, but it's, it's a big move on, on their, on their part. And I think it's, it's so ironic how that, just sort of gets released right after we cover that whole 
virtual representation. Yeah, good thing. fucking timing media. I know, right? <laughs> We'd had one more thing to talk about yeah. last uh, last two episodes. <laughs> All right, uh, next one is, and this is a tweet, and we don't normally report on tweets, but Bobby Hundred says he wants to start a podcast. Now, I remember a long time ago, we were in New York. You were hungover, I think, or maybe tired. Um, probably both. Probably both. And I did a little segment talking about why, you know, streetwear figures, you know, people who own brands, designers, et cetera, should be in the podcast game. And I think this is a great, I mean, what, what are we like two years later? And he yeah, also has, a, he also has a book coming out titled, this is not a t-shirt. Is that what it is? Uh, I have no idea actually. Hold on. That's so good. I'm, I'm not, not, I'm not, gonna I'm not even going to butcher it. I'm sorry. If if Bobby ever has a chance to listen to this, I I'm ne- I wouldn't want to butcher your first book. So let me make sure. Oh, here it goes. Um, num, 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 num. Hold on. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to. Yeah, it is called This Is Not a T-Shirt. Um, go ahead and pre-order that on Amazon.com. Is it available to pre-order? It is available to pre-order. How much is it? Like Wait, dude, before you even say how the price is it hardcover or is it paperback? I think it is... It does not say. I'm looking at the ad. Oh, hardcover Ooh, it's edition. Be expensive. $19. Oh, not bad. It's pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. So go ahead and pre, pre-order that. Tell them, uh, tell Amazon no chance sent you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Bobby Hundreds exclaims that he's going to start a podcast. And we don't know what the podcast is called. We don't know what the podcast is going to be about. We don't even know if he's actually going to start a podcast. But for the most part, I find it important that... You know, people within the industry nowadays are becoming a little bit more vocal about, you know, things that matter, things that could potentially influence or impact or inspire that of their fans, their listeners, their dedicated consumers. I think that's cool. Yeah. Yo, podcasts, this just came to me. Podcasts are just audio Twitter, if you think about it. That's very true (laughs) in long form. Yeah. Like, it's like if you increase Twitter character count to like a thousand. Yeah. That would be like a a, a podcast. No, if you think about it, it's like, you know how you can see like the Twitter threads? Yeah. It's it's essentially that, but just with two people. (laughs) No, you know, you know, you want to know the best part about those threads is like when a person will reply to the other thread. Have you ever seen those ones where they form like full-on freestyle raps through threads? (laughs) That's my favorite. But I think just in general, like who else would you say would be like a really cool person to have on a podcast or to host their own podcast? We have Jeff Staple already. He does an amazing job. Amazing. What he does Yo, for Hype Beast. Did you listen to that latest one, by the way? Business of Hype? Yes. uh, John Jay. That one was really good. I listened to maybe... Half of it, yeah, same. Um, there's something okay. Let me let me be candid about some of these hype beast radio podcast episodes. I love the ones about the struggle, I love the ones about same. the people that are maybe it's just us being us, but people that are closely associated with the same journey that we're on. Uh, that kind of highlights the trajectory of where we're going to go. It's hard to really listen to somebody who literally graduated college and starts at one of the biggest advertising firms in the world yeah and and then talking about how he's worked there for 20 something years and you know all that other bullshit uh i applaud him he makes cool stuff but for the most part i like hearing the stories about like people like mike sherman yeah fucking, um benny gold obviously was yep. was one, another one of my favorites sean weatherspoon those are some of my favorites but yeah i, I did listen to it half of it <laughs> <laughs> a quarter of it but how do you feel? Like, who would you want? Like, who 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 needs to be on this sort of outlet to like speak? 
Ooh, uh, I would like to hear more. Oh, you know who'd be a really good one? Chris Gibbs from Union. Ooh, he'd be a really good host. I feel like he has such like a he's had such a long tenure in like the streetwear game. You know. Uh, being involved in like union, knowing like the undefeated cats, things yeah. like that. I think just painting that picture of what that time was like would be like an amazing podcast. That's like if you if we were to look at like, did you see Avengers? Yeah, I did. So you know how they talk about these like spoiler alert, spoilers. No, 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 no spoilers. You know how they talk about these like parallel timelines of same things going on. Yeah, you know, in the same timeline that the whole Supreme Kids era was happening. There was this other timeline where Union was like another thing that was going on, yeah. you know, and that's something within that world or that historical um, timeline of streetwear that is, isn't covered a lot of the times because it wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't what was in at the time. It just wasn't as established as what Supreme was doing in that moment and what was sort of disseminating from that culture in that, in that immediate time. But now Union is like the most one of the most revered brand names stores, not just in LA, but you know all over the world. All over the world, Japan. which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would I would say so. You say Chris Gibbs. We've already seen Jeff Staple. Benny Gold is obviously a great voice to have. I would I want somebody that would be like kind of like kind of ignorantly rich, like that's within streetwear. <laughs> like who? So like um. Uh, like a mega from Black Scale oh, yeah. would actually be a really really funny. I, I want somebody podcast. to come with like hot takes. Like, yeah, just straight up like Him yeah, or, mega or like be... a like a like a Nikki Diamonds. Yeah, I feel like this that side of streetwear where they're making like millions of dollars and they're like flaunting that shit would be like a really cool like type of uh, story to hear because you don't hear them talk often. Both of them. Yeah, but when you hear someone like Ben Baller talk, he has some good ass fucking stories. Yeah. And he's like extremely candid and honest about everything. Yeah. So if you're making money, like I feel like you could just say whatever the fuck you want. Exactly. Yo, that Ben Baller episode was so good. If Very you haven't good. listened to it, go listen to that business. That's episode. literally like from the dirt to yeah. like mansions in the he hills. He was like, yeah, I was like a hundred thousand dollars in debt. <laughs> I was like, oh, Makes what? me feel way better about yeah. the debt that I have. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh man. But yeah, I'd say like with, within the regards of like, people within the streetwear industry it is nice to see them sort of venture into this world that we've been in for the past two some odd years but to get your voice out in a long form format is like i feel like that's that's the new wave like for sure everyone we loved listening to radio for a reason like i i we all have our favorite morning shows we all have our favorite podcasts so it's almost does them justice to get into to the podcasting world doesn't yeah. I'm sure it doesn't cost them really much any money. Like I don't see what's holding them back. Probably just time <laughs> and busyness. But I feel like that's where you'll get a better reaction from your fans nowadays. Yeah. I always need something to listen to on the car on the way to work. So yeah. if you also if you have any podcast recommendations. Yeah. That would actually be kind of nice. Yeah, let me know because I need new stuff to listen to. Because I, mean, I to don't be, even listen to our podcast. To, <laughs> just kidding. To be honest, for the listeners that are listening to this, this should be the only podcast that you're listening yeah. to. And you should be listening to all of our older episodes every day and just repeating everything. But that's not being We're realistic. like that deadbeat dad that's like, <laughs> you can't talk to anybody else. Where are you going? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. On to the next topic. Sorry if you had a deadbeat dad, by the way. I meant no offense by that. <laughs> Talk about hot takes. Yeah. All right. So 
Amazon reveals the drop, which is a essentially a sneaker inspired influencer releasing platform that they're going to be doing. Um, so essentially what they're doing is partnering with influencers to drop one off collections, apparel pieces, clothing lines. Now, we've heard the drop being used by that of I think it was like Nordstrom or Bloomingdale, one of those uh, retail houses. But how do we feel about just Amazon ad- not only adopting this mechanism that I'd say streetwear and the sneakerhead industry sort of birthed, but also sort of maximizing on the consumer mentalities of literally every person in the world today in how they buy shit. Fucking Jeff Bezos needs to chill. Like <laughs> he's just trying to like dip his hand in like everything no, he can. You know what it is? That divorce. Yeah. I was, <laughs> she ex- took half. Exactly. She he's took trying half. to dip his hand in every aka other women. <laughs> <laughs> and now the streetwear shit? Like, come she on, man. Took half. Like stay in your lane. That's just like when uh Michael Jordan got divorced, he started releasing every goddamn colorway of every fucking shoe imaginable. <laughs> That's what happens, man. That's what happens. But let's stay on the let's stay on the <laughs> subject of Amazon yeah. and how do we feel just about them adopting something that we've obviously gotten used to, but what most people in their general, uh, being general consumers, find it to be fairly new. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, just saying that it's fairly new. I think it's a concept that, you know, Amazon shoppers aren't necessarily accustomed to yet mm-hmm. because if you think about it everybody fucking uses amazon yeah. not just like streetwear inclined folks yeah, but uh, everybody you know your your 40 year old mom in north dakota uses amazon every single person yeah. uses amazon um so it'll be interesting to see how amazon continually inserts itself into the world of fashion like they have the whole fashion into or fashion week in tokyo now that's like yeah. uh put on by amazon so it's interesting to see how big of a hand they're trying to have in this world of fashion and, uh, you know, just like style and streetwear in general. Like I find it really interesting when you when you say like Amazon Fashion Week, how they are partnering more with like who are like the current influencers, people that I mean, to be honest, I looked at the, li- the list. I didn't know a goddamn one of them. You know what I mean? But for them to partner with influencers rather than brands actually says a lot about the sort of route that they're going in. Because nowadays, like, we follow individual people's pages more than we follow the actual brands that they represent or that they are sponsoring in ads pages. So it does speak to a better tactical way of selling shit when they're just like, okay, we don't give a shit about the brand, but hey, here's this person you love and you like and you follow their whole lives and you want to be like, like, I'm sure whatever they release, whatever they're advocating, you're going to buy that shit anyway. So we'll just attach ourselves to them. That's very true. Um, that's a really good way of looking at it and I never thought of it that way. They work it's with that, the biggest brands. Yeah. So it's like, why not? Yeah. You know, because like not a, a lot of people resonate with a certain brand, but until they see someone that they, you know, kind of fuck with wearing that brand. Like, for instance... Like I I I never liked Asics or New Balances before. Oh man! But Let's now I'm that. like now I'm like yo, the New Balance is kind of fired. Asics kind of lit. Dude, they did like, such a good job, man. Like whatever New Balance is doing, sort of they literally remarketed 
what is it? The um the nine ninety nine ninety. Yeah, I don't know what it's version it is. Five. Yeah, into like the dad shoe, literally quote for like word for word the dad shoe. Yeah, and this is something that people were just calling those bitches, and it's just like. Now they they're actually advertising that shoe as a dad. It shoe. was like the most obvious, but also like it was like the most obvious ad campaign. But also when you saw it, you're like, yeah, that's kind of fire. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. Live your truth, New yeah. Balance. That's right. Yeah. But what's even crazier is if you go onto the New Balance website and filter the shoes, you can literally filter it by the title. Dad, are you serious? Sneakers. No yes, way. dude. That's sick. I was looking at some the other day, and I was like, wow, like these look really good. Yeah. I know uh, the price is a little high. One fifty for a pair, like paying close to like one seventy five for a pair of New Balances. It's a bit much. No, that's a little steep. It's a bit much. I used to go to the outlets and I mean I just completely pass on everything. Like, but now think about making a trip there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) might find some gold. And also because Emily Oberg wears New Balances. Yeah, she makes them look very good. You can you can agree with me there. My girlfriend doesn't listen to the podcast, so I think, sure, yeah. But yeah, I think just in general, my, my two cents on the whole Amazon thing is, you know, getting where you fit in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if this is the tactical, if this is the marketing tactic that, that, you know, these brands where your audience or at least a good chunk of them is where their attention is, the drop, the limited releases, the releases by famous person tactic... Hey, by all means, have at it. Because if I know if I was a company and I was, you know, I wouldn't say outdated, but a little older in in terms of the the, the cool factor that I didn't have, I'd find, I'd I'd reach out to see what the youth are, the youth the youth are doing. You know what I mean? And and you you have to adapt because, I mean, for a lot of older people, a lot of um, people that aren't sort of in tune with the streetwear and, and high fashion drop culture is that, you know, they love pop-ups. They love going to one-off experiences, Instagrammable type things. So they're, they're going to get accustomed to what, whatever this drop culture is. And it, it's, it's for Amazon to, to, to be one of the first that are taking it on to, you know, spread it to a larger, uh, larger uncultured culture then by all means like get it done i feel like that's the, i mean that's the best way you can do it especially if you're amazon do whatever the fuck you want exactly it's crazy like <laughs> what are they gonna do next nothing that they do surprises me anymore to be Bro, honest can, okay the other day i was ordering something off amazon and i have prime right you know okay had flex, flex. <laughs> <laughs> i got prime and literally it will say would you would you like to have your item shipped in two to three days, free. And it says for a dollar ninety nine, you can get it in, uh, I think like next day. And then there's the free option that says next day. And I'm like, I'm up to get the free <laughs> option for next day. It's like you look around and make sure like, <laughs> is this a fucking yeah. joke? Like, you're giving me four different options all to get my shit shipped tomorrow. Like, I'm gonna take the most convenient one. I don't know. Amazon literally just be trolling the fuck out of people <laughs> on their website. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. But let's get into the next topic here. Um, Urban Outfitters is joining the clothing rental game. It's something that we've kind of seen uh, trickle its way into this industry in that 
what they'll be doing is offering their in-house brands, which is, um, you like know, some of the- like. I think one's like BDG. Yeah, BDG. Or like, uh, I don't know any of those ones, to be honest. I don't buy Urban Outfitters yeah, house I mean, brand yeah, shit. Flex. But it's called, it, it's a, it's actually a really cool name of what they call their new subscription service. It's called Newly, with two U's. Wow. New- <laughs> These tech companies, bro. Jewel with, with two U's. Newly. Names, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, but essentially what you're, you're able to do with this new subscription plan through Urban Outfitters is you could choose six pieces at a time from their in-house brands for about, I think it's $80 a month. And you can switch, you can interchange them, whatever, uh, with whatever they have available for an extra added 15 to $25. You can also rent like name brand shit. I'm assuming it's like Fila, Kappa, you know, shit like that. And it's all curated, so to whatever is the most current stuff and whatever is the coolest stuff on their list. And there you go. Clothing on the go, man. Like, subscription service, clothing. It's fucking crazy. That's crazy. That's like Redbox, but for, like, T-shirts. But they did that with, uh, with like, wedding gowns. They do that with uh, tuxedos That's is a true. big thing. That's very true. But to rent, like, a graphic T-shirt, to rent... A pair of jeans, it like broke, broke. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm kidding. saying. I'm like, kidding. okay, but the world of subscription boxes is, you know, it's something that a lot of people have caught on to and actually prefer. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but most of them is are things that you keep. So I know people, girls that do like the whole makeup box thing. They'll a subscription service every month. They get sent a bunch of these uh, random items from all these different brands. What girls you know that be using that? Girls that I've surveyed in my reports on yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. makeup boxes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That was> a- <laughs> Why are you asking me this question? But it's a, a subscription service. Services like these are a common thing, and there's also one that I've gotten ads on Instagram for, for actual like a streetwear subscription, Trash. which is crazy. I like randomly looked into it because I was like, okay, let me see what kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think they had like, I don't know, did they have Huff on there, I think? They had Huff, they have like Ruka, they have like fourth tier like streetwear brands on there, jeans, clothes. Packs a box. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it just baffles me to like, you know, what I've realized is we're getting lazier and lazier in doing shit. I, okay, so today is Wednesday when we typically record. It is also quote, quote unquote my work at home day. Um, but with the, the, with all the freedom I have to just go out and go shop or go out and go to my favorite shops, I stay in my house all day and do nothing. And that's how lazy I feel like I'm a representation of the wider population of lazy people in that we don't go to shops anymore to shop unless it's like only released in store or we're just bored to death and we have nothing else to do. But there's something about these subscription boxes that I feel like I'm not fully understanding, especially within this rental industry. There's something about it that I just do not understand. That's that's very interesting because it's like, you know, like when you rent like a dress or like a suit for prom, you know, you're only wearing it once. Yeah. But it's like I'm renting a T-shirt and I wear it 10 times and then I give it back like that. that, That's a little weird to me. Like, I don't understand that concept because... I, I, it's just, it doesn't seem very logical to me on, you know, on the end of 
Urban Outfitters because yeah. I'm like, okay, what if I take a loss on this inventory? Then I'm like, fucked. Do you think that they actually are providing a person a new shirt every time? Or do you think it's gone through the whole like refurbished phase? Maybe. But, I don't know. But maybe you know what? You know, I think maybe their margins are so like are so big because yeah. you know they produce their shit for dirt fucking cheap that That's they're like, true. okay, we'll run it out for eighty bucks. If it gets fucked up this one time, it's all good. We made like ten bucks off of it. That's you also know? true. I can imagine that. So like in standard clothing mathematics, if you buy a t-shirt a blank, typically for them, so for the for the general consumer, a blank t-shirt probably goes for about three to four dollars. Yeah. For urban outfitters who's requesting probably millions or hundreds of thousands yeah, of these shirts. Probably buying them for pennies on the dollar. A couple of cents. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I'm charging this fool $80 to purchase six garments, which in total probably equate to maybe, maybe like $10. Maybe 10. Production cost wise. Maybe 10. Maybe. And you're paying that shit every month to rent my $10 worth of clothing. Fucking Finesse. business. <laughs> mogul god <laughs> damn it makes sense to me now yeah but to the general consumer they're saying oh i got this name brand at this cheap of a price i get to switch it out as many times as i want yeah i'm paying 80 dollars, but i highly doubt i'm wearing 80 different items of clothing yeah you know what i mean so maybe i'll try this urban outfitter thing the subscription box out <laughs> and maybe i'll i'll figure out a way to really finesse urban <laughs> outfitters Switch it out every other every day. New shirt, new pants. There you go. It's gonna be some really stupid <laughs> outfits. I bet. Because all they really have are like weird floral button ups. It's weird. They, all like, they have is like stuff you'd wear to Coachella, but they have it like year round. Yeah, <laughs> but you only wear it one time, and you yeah. never you you'll, you'll never see yourself in it ever yeah. again. But when we talk about the rental industry, and like I said, like the the wedding tux and. The you know wedding gown rental service is an actual legit thing. Like those are things you do not want to spend real money on because it's fucking expensive. Like yeah. a, a custom tux, and if you have money, like those things can go for like close to a thousand dollars, if like, not more. Easy. Yeah. And I'm just talking the suit. And you want to talk about some hard bottoms, like some actual shoes, like whoo, some alligators, some Crocs. Oh my <laughs> god, that's gonna ring that thing up to at least two G's. You yeah. know what I mean? But when we talk about streetwear, like we said, like anybody can start a fucking brand. Anybody can screen print a T-shirt. The cost of margin of, or even the, the cost of entry into this industry is so fucking cheap that anybody can do it. And I think Urban Outfitters sees that. So it's like, okay, look, dude, like you want to start your little clothing brand. You want to spend $120, get yourself a screen printer, get some shirts and start screening your little shitty designs. Cool. But here's this option. Don't worry about it. You want cool designs? We have a, a plethora of we them. We got you. We got you. Yeah. You want th like paper thin shirts? We got you. <laughs> <laughs> Distressed denim that is like 60% holes? We got you. Like it That's it the biggest fucking <laughs> scam ever. Amazing. But there are some rental rental things that made sense to us, right? Like um blockbusters. Rest in peace. Rest are they still around, or they just completely go under? They're at this completely point? gone. Like they're just as a as exist. a company, they're completely gone. Damn. But why did that? Why did why was that so beneficial for the general consumer at that time? Because like blockbuster in general, like, yeah. At like that time? as a as a business model, why was that so important for 
us. Because one, like I don't want to keep a fuck ton of VHSs and DVDs in my house. There you go. Okay. Um, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And uh, it was, you know, it was cheaper than going to the movie. Like sometimes my 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 dad and I, my parents and I, we wouldn't want to go to the movies. We'd be like, mm, I'm cool. We don't have to see that. We'll just wait till it comes out on DVD for like <laughs> way cheaper, and then just watch it at home. You know and what? then get po- dollar store popcorn. Ooh, smart. Yeah. Smart. And they exactly. also sold the popcorn at Blockbuster yeah. to complete so the whole package. Yeah. But you made a really good point, and this is why I kind of brought up the question, is the business models are the same, and the, the needs and wants are the same, essentially. I mean, one's clothing and one is uh, movies and entertainment. But you said, I didn't want to have a shit ton of DVDs laying around. You know, we think about the things that we've bought in the past, the things that... You probably just bought right now. You're probably listening to this as you're shopping in the mall, and now you're about to regret that fucking purchase in your hand. Yeah, you're one of those that shops with AirPods. In and <laughs> That's me. And then That's when me. someone asks you for I help, feel, you're I like, feel huh? attacked. I feel attacked. When someone asks you for help, you take one out, and you're like, uh huh. I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. How much? AirPods in. <laughs> Fuck, that's only why I wear only one in my ears. I don't feel like that douche walking around the fucking mall. But you made a good point is that we don't like to have a shit ton of shit. You fucking set me up for that one. We don't have we don't <laughs> like to have a shit ton of shit. And if you've ever watched Marie Kondo on on Netflix, you know that after some amount of time, it just our clothing does not excite us anymore. And we want to get rid of it. We can't return it, but guess what? With this service you can, you can return it and you could get something new. How fucking smart is that? I mean, they already do that at Nordstrom. Nordstrom, people at Nordstrom are so easy to finesse. If you work in Nordstrom, you know what I'm talking about. Legally, yeah. <laughs> illegally. Yeah, that's true. You can switch your shit out for something else. Okay, can I just talk about like the lengths I would go to to return <laughs> shit that I've used? <laughs> go. Please explain to the people how cheap you were at the beginning of this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Let me fucking tell you. So, you know, when we were first starting out, obviously we had to get mics. And, uh, you know, my job wasn't paying very well at the time. It still doesn't pay very well, but, you know, we're a little bit better off now than we were. But uh, I'd agree. I bought a mic. I think it was like it was only like $30, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it literally was. Maybe like maybe even less. And uh, I bought it. And then I would return that bitch right after we're done right recording. After recording. That's how much faith you didn't have in the podcast because you'd be like, I don't even think we're going to be recording next week anyway. Like, yeah, so. I need my 30 bucks back. <laughs> and then and then use that 30 bucks. Bro, by the back. time you got that 30 bucks back, you already had to buy it again to record yeah, the next episode. True. Yeah. But, but also like, yeah, I, I, I was scheming back. We then. were frivolous people. Very. Back now in look the day. at us. That's why we sound so good yeah. right now. <laughs> well. That's just the, ah, never mind. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on top of that, though, on top of us not having to hoard a bunch of shit. I mean, if you're like me, you live in a small, I don't even know how many f- square feet this apartment is, but you can't keep a lot of clothes. You can't keep a lot of shit in it in general. You have a walk-in closet, dude. Like, not a lot of people. <laughs> Why are you busting me out like that? Not a lot of people are privileged enough in this <laughs> studio environment to have a walk-in closet. But there's also that other piece to it, which is we get tired of shit. True. You know what I mean? Not only do we does the shit accumulate, but we also get tired of shit. And that's just how it is nowadays, man. Like, we buy a shirt being so excited, waited how many fucking days to get that shirt, spend whatever amount of money to get that shirt in however long it takes to be extremely disinterested in it, that's 
it comes with the territory, you know? And they're literally capitalizing on every one of your pain points when it comes to owning clothes, which is simply that. And it's so crazy because it's, it's a business model that's been around for so long, but to think that we needed this in the clothing industry, the streetwear industry, only goes to show like, you can't re- you can't really reinvent the wheel. Like the shit's out there. It's just yeah. how do you apply it to what people are currently interested in? And I'd say, Urban Outfitters, you did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> now, am I going to contribute to this thing? Probably not. But as an outsider looking in, you did a great job. Yeah. Kudos to you guys. Kudos to you guys. Who knew Urban Outfitters would be the blockbuster of streetwear? <sighs> Who's gonna be the Netflix though? What's the Netflix like? Ooh. It would have to be the powerhouses of like Jeff Staple. I don't know why Jeff Staple name <laughs> keeps coming up. He's just top of mind right now. But it would have to be the Mount Rushmore street where being like, fuck this. We're going to crush Urban Outfitters and we're going to bring all the top tier street. The fucking streetwear Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> the streetwear Avengers. All right. Before we end this episode off, we have to, have to, have to give... A huge shout out and a huge round of applause to our main man, Verdi, for securing yes. the fucking bag. Insert applause track here. Securing the fucking bag and getting his, um, I would say, I wouldn't, okay, let me clear this up. It's not a Girls Don't Cry collaboration with Uniqlo. It is a Verdi designed line for Uniqlo, right? Yes. Okay. Cool. I wanted to clear that up because there was a lot of people that was like, oh, Girls Don't Cry is going to make its way to Uniqlo. And now, you know, the whole brand is going to be watered down because within two years or a year and a half, two years, Girls Don't Cry hasn't even reached its peak yet. And they're already going to release at Uniqlo. But that's not the case. Verdi, if you guys didn't know, is like a Japanese illustrator and graphic designer. Like that's what he is. Right. Yes. Yes. Um he sounds like a little kid. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. Like, I, was, I was about to say. Like, he I am Verdi. <laughs> I was about to say. His English isn't too good. But I mean, for, for sort of breaking into the U.S. streetwear market the way that he did, obviously is um, hugely applauded. He actually is working fairly closely with a uh, like just a really good guy in general. His name is Paolo. I don't know what he did, but he is almost an essentially a marketing genius with some of the the biggest up-and-coming streetwear brands and that is actually was based out of San Francisco. So shout out to Paulo. But to see where Verdi has gotten to this point is so fucking commendable. Yeah. Within two years to literally be the biggest name at every, uh, like, what do you call them? Festivals. Yep. Every collection released is always, there's Girls Don't Cry, there's maybe Off-White Louis Vuitton, like Virgil shit. And those are the only real things being covered. Supreme and Palace, whatever. Yeah. Givens. And to do that within two years and not only have a Nego back the hell out of you and already do a collaboration with you, like, I don't know what else to say about this. Dude. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was talking about this with somebody else um, on Sunday. I was talking about it with John. Um, shout out, John. Shout out, John. Good guy. Good guy, John. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were talking about it and we we're like, dude, that's fucking crazy. Like for such a simple thing, it's been so impactful. Man. 
you know, like we went to the, you and I went to the pop-up, was that last year, two years ago? Last the year. The first appearance of Girls Don't Cry in America. Last year. Yeah. At Undefeated yep. in LA. Uh, so we went to that and that was super cool. And, um, and you know, it was, it was a relatively small brand at the time. Extremely you know, small. Like we went there maybe, what, the second day of the pop-up? Yeah. And there was shit still there. Nowadays, um, you, did you have you seen the lines for his pop ups? Yeah, literally thousands Insane. of people, thousands of people lining up for his designs for his product. It's crazy. Like he did a collaboration with Babylon too. Yep, um, which was also super good. He's just been crushing it. I don't like, know what it is, man. I don't. I don't know what it is. And if it's one of those things where it's like Japanese shit, like originated in Japan type shit pops off way bigger in America than other things, then maybe that plays into it. Is it, you know, just the sort of epitome of of American style looking like designs that, you know, nostalgia wise just attract the shit out of us? Is it just catchy phrases? Like I don't it's it's like a fucking mathematical equation that nobody's ever solved but somehow is able to get it together it's like into that, this one brand it's like that one meme of Nicolas Cage where he has like, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> like the equations yeah and it, it's just one of those things that's just like I don't know where he came from I don't know why every rapper is wearing his shit I don't know why he's the biggest name in streetwear but all I know is that he has a fucking line with Uniqlo and that is a big accolade nowadays yes huge accolade as an individual designer not a brand as an individual designer that's a big ass accolade but i think it's only for it's a, it's a women's wear line though yeah um it's a it's a sort of a women's focused graphic range mm-hmm. um sort of this like women's empowerment yeah sort of like message to it um honestly i think it's one of the best collaborations i've seen Man, uniqlo do in a while um, definitely and we were just talking about the streetwear avengers with uh the whole uh star, star wars, wars thing. and yeah i think honestly in my opinion and i'm not just riding this fucking wave so fuck you to everybody who says oh <laughs> nato just likes it because it's fucking pop- fuck you um i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry dad if you're listening to this i know you listen sometimes I'm sorry for cursing. It's not so directed much. towards you, Pop. This is not directed towards you. I'm so sorry for cursing this much. Please do not yell at me. Um, but I think it, it's I think it's one of the best collaborations I've seen Uniqlo do in a while. Uh, it's it's so true. You can the design language between Verdi's brand and Uniqlo's. Yeah. Um, you can definitely see Ver- like Verdi's design work sh- uh, shine through, yeah. which is why I love it so much. Um, you know, I like like I like it for its simplicity, but also I like it for it showcasing who Verdi is as a designer. Yeah. So, which isn't, it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's something about it that has like a true essence to him as a person, like you said. And sometimes those types of things commit from the designs, um, as you see them. And it's, it's very rare, but it's definitely something that I know we both noticed with this collection, which is really, really awesome. And a huge shout out to Verdi, and girls don't cry, and I think his skate brand wasted youth. Wasted youth, pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, but he is where, at least if I was if I was a designer right now, wh- where I would want to be. Yeah. What I would want to be, who I'd want to be, who I'd want to be associated with. Dude, just imagine it's like fucking touring New York City with Nego. Yeah. 
like side I wanna, by side. I want to ride. I want to fly first class with an ego sitting <gasps> next to me. Sick. Probably private. Yeah. <laughs> Probably p- private. God damn. But man, I th- I think that's a uh, a nice place to end this episode. Do you have any last words for the people? Do you have anything that the people should be looking out for? Any brands? Any any product drops? Anything? Um. Aside from our own, stay tuned for Ooh, that. Big merch talk. Yeah, big merch talk. <laughs> big, big merch cloth talk. Yeah. <laughs> big merch energy. Um, you know who I started to pick up again is, I just mentioned them earlier, but Babylon, based out of LA, sort of this LA skate brand. Uh, they've been killing it. They're just, Their they're fucking cut and sew is, is crazy. Fire. Yes, it is so good. Um, their graphics are really on point this season two. They've been killing it. Um, who else? I've been into like these like fringe like shrewer brands like Ooh. advisory board crystals is cool. They're kind of nice. like mainstream now. Nice. Mister Green is like this weed Ooh, like centered. It's like this weed focus. Okay. Sorry, the proper term is cannabis. Sorry. Sorry. Big dope. Gas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but they're like this uh, cannabis like hallucinogen centered. Streetwear brand that's pretty cool. They carry them at Bows and Arrows, actually. Do they really? Yeah. Shout out to Bows and Arrows. Yeah. We're just giving everybody <laughs> shout out to this. Fuck you. <laughs> shout out sounds so good on our new fucking microphones. That's why. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's that's about it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like uh, I like where you're going with your uh, with your taste. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting into a lot of fucking um, like rave culture. <laughs> I've been getting into a lot of rave culture stuff. There's something about that. You've never even been to I've a I've never rave. been into a rave, but there's something about like 80s and early 90s rave culture that has gotten like me really interested. Um, been making a lot of advertise or uh, like posters and ads and that those have kind of been my inspiration. Something about those that are just like very like kind of similar to like what a Chinatown market does. They take like nostalgic items and they put their own little twist on it. And there's something about rave culture that's like they don't really give a shit. It's just about the overall meaning of what this is, what this stands for. I'm gonna have to attend a rave now, just off the strength. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I've been into as of lately that co- somewhat correlates is a brand called Disco, based out of Oakland. They literally, it's it's literally the word Disco, and it's in the. Um, I want to say the Discman font. I think it's a Discman like font. Like the Walkman font? Walkman font. I think it's in the Walkman font. I, I'm not 100% sure. But it's the way they, they reinterpret uh, sort of what I think is rave culture and rave designs into uh, a very, very clean streetwear brand uh, and clothing brand. And they do a lot of cool shit. So shout out to Disco. And to be honest, that's really one of the only brands right now that i've been fucking with heavy i know there's a couple that i just recently follow but i don't know the names off the top of my head um but yeah that's kind of what we've been that, that's kind of what we're into right now so if you guys are interested go check them all out tell them that we sent you no chance sent me to your brand please let them know uh, maybe they'll connect with us who knows maybe they'll <laughs> give us a shout out yeah a shout out's nice um yeah. but yeah Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. We really, really, really appreciate every listen and you guys taking the time out to, uh, you know, talk shit with us. That's essentially what we're doing on these episodes. So be sure to follow us at No Chance Radio on all social platforms. Give us a comment. Give us a like, DM, 
if you have a brand coming out, you need some advice, or if you'd like to get flamed, send us a picture <laughs> of yourself. Do whatever you want. Um, we love the engagement, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Thank you.